You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, also doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs during the season. I also cover the Chargers for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, the show is going to be changed a little bit today because we got an unexpected press conference from Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, and he had a ton of interesting insights to give us. Always excited to hear that man speak. But before we get started, let me just thank everyone, especially those who are checking out the show for the first time. We really appreciate it. And if you don't already, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or the Odyssey app, wherever. That's the easiest way to get the show. But out of all the things that we have to talk about today from Brandon Staley's press conference, I think we have to start, David, with the left tackle position because Brandon Staley did say there is a hole there. He also talked about what he's seen from Trey Pipkins and having a very specific plan for Brian Bulaga to stay healthy. So we'll get into all of that to start the show. In the second segment, we can get into the defensive backs because we know that the secondary is so important to Brandon Staley's defense. So we're going to be talking about what he wants to see in his ideal corner, what he thinks about Nazir Adderley and his role for the defense in 2021 and much more. And then to wrap up the show, I just want to get into the miscellaneous things he talked about, including, you know, Jerry Tillery and what he sees in him. We'll also talk about the type of preparation that Brandon Staley and his coaches like to put in to get the players to kind of respect them and know that they're working hard and much more. So let's go ahead and get into it. When we talk about what Brandon Staley had to talk about during his press conference on Thursday, I think it starts with the left tackle position because I think all of us are freaking out, especially after last year going into the season with Sam Tevy as the opening day starter, something that none of us felt comfortable in and something that he overachieved at, I mean, to be honest with you. But either way, we were like, okay, are they going into the season thinking that Trey Pipkins is starting left tackle? How do they see it, right? And I thought that Brandon Staley was very honest in what he said. I mean, Gilbert Manzano ended, or I guess I should say Gilberto Manzano, asked him about the left tackle position kind of hesitantly. But what he did say was that they do think that they have a hole at that position, David. And they said when they're thinking about guys they like, they want long, athletic guys. And they really feel like even though there's guys on the roster right now that he said could play the position, that they have a hole there that he said will be addressed by July. Yeah, and you have to expect that they're going to address that in the draft, right? I think that's what he insinuated, and he kind of emphasized it a couple of different times throughout the press conference. But it's refreshing for Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, to acknowledge that their biggest opportunity or their biggest issue right now that they need to address is the left tackle position because we've talked about many different issues the Chargers have had in the past, and it seems like none of them will come out and just acknowledge that this is something we need to get better at. But Brandon Staley did not shy away from that at all, um, and they said that they're going to go get that addressed before July. But like I said, I think we can all uh, assume at this point in time that they are going to address the the, the left tackle position 
uh, in the draft. Um, but also, it was really interesting to hear him talk about how Trey Pipkins was a developmental player. And, I mean, I think that was one of the things you talked about too, Daniel, is how do they view Trey Pipkins? I mean, that's one of the things Charger fans were worried about or, you know, something that they wanted to know. And now we do know exactly how the Chargers view Trey Pipkins at this point in his career. Well, and you know when he says that there is a hole at left tackle, I mean, that already makes you feel a little bit better about Trey Pipkins potentially being slated as the starter going into the season. Obviously, he addressed that, but when talking about Trey Pipkins, one of the things he said that he liked about it is the fact that they've gotten to see him in live games. They're not just going based off practice tape. They're going against you know him. They're getting to see him in live action or in the fire, as he put it. And basically what they said is, He's a developmental player that has really good traits for the position and also that he also needs to learn how to play left tackle as well because most of his experience in games has been at the right tackle position, even though he's played both. But I think you could clearly hear from when he was talking about it that this is a guy that, you know, maybe might develop into something, but he's clearly not there yet and he needs to get with Brandon Staley's new coaches and kind of mold into the player he's going to be come July, as he put it, but The other big question on the offensive line, I would say, is Brian Bulaga, and he talked about that as well, specifically talking about the fact that he knows that Brian Bulaga isn't going to need the same amount of practice and things as some of the other younger players. He talked about how he had Andrew Whitworth with the Los Angeles Rams and how he kind of had a special program to go along with because of his age to try to keep him healthy, and David, he also just stressed the importance of having Brian Bulaga on the field, you know, saying that he is important to us important to our excess we're a better team with him out there and we're going to try to set him up so he can be out there more often I think that's incredibly smart I mean Brian Balaga is a veteran in this league he's been in the NFL for 10 years he knows how to get things done at this level I mean he understands the preparation and what it takes to go out there and perform but if he can't go out there and he can't be healthy when he's out there and trying to play, then we, you know we will get what we saw last year: forty percent of the snaps being played, and that's not what we want. We want to. I mean, we've heard Brandon Staley say in the past, we need to get these guys to Sunday so they can go out there and they can play. I mean, I think that's it was so important for him to say, hey, we're going to put it put together a personalized plan for Brian Belaga, and you know it really just goes along with what he's been saying all along. That's how he's going to. They're all going to coach each of these players individually and try to find out, you know, where they've been and where they want to go. And I think, you know, having that personalized plan for Brian Belaga is only going to help him stay on the field and be productive because the Chargers spent a lot of money on Brian Belaga. The fact that they got this personalized plan already in mind for Brian Belaga, I think is a great step forward for him and hopefully staying on the field and blocking for Justin Herbert next season. Yeah, and Brandon Staley specifically talked about that and blocking for Justin Herbert, and he said that he loved what the Chargers were able to do on the interior of the offensive line. He said that when asked about Odea Bushi and if he's going to be the starter, he said that he has starter stuff. Basically, I think he said that he is the starter, but there's going to be competition there because he basically wants competition everywhere, right? And I think that's a good thing to kind of instill into this team, except for Justin Herbert. He's number one no matter what. But... He did say he really liked the <laughs> fact that they're getting Odey Abushi at a great time in his career because not everyone develops the same, right? He said that the NFL is a place for development and every guy is going to come in and develop a little bit differently. And they said that basically they're getting Odey Abushi at the best time. But 
when he was talking about what he wants to see in an offensive lineman. The great part is, is the first thing he said is the critical factor for them as far as what they're looking for in an offensive lineman is the ability to pass protect in one-on-one situations because of the guys that you're going to go up against throughout the league. And he also just talked about the fact that there is no right or left tackle and one being more important than the other at this point because those guys move around defensively. So that part of it doesn't really matter, right? And he said that basically if you're going to be a tackle for them, you pretty much have to know both sides. And at least that's what they want you to do. And I think that it also kind of gives you some insight into what they may be looking for. I mean, he said he wanted their offensive line to be bigger, right? More athletic, longer arms, things like that. That sounds like, you know, a guy like Christian Darisaw potentially. So maybe if that scenario comes up during the draft and the top guys they want aren't there, maybe that's a the direction they would lean based on what we heard from Brandon Staley in his press conference on Thursday. But we do have two more segments to get into because we've only scratched the surface on all the things that Brandon Staley was getting into during his press conference. So in the next segment, we'll be looking at the secondary and get into his thoughts on Nazir Adderley and how he fits in the defense and also talk about, you know, Michael Davis and why they wanted to resign him so bad and also what they want to see in a cornerback that they're going to bring in and what they want from their corners. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline. And I'll tell you guys right now what I'm obsessed with on betonline.ag is draft bets. I mean, there's so many different draft bets to go through. I mean, I was looking through them all today. I mean, you can go, when is Kyle Pitts going to get drafted? Over or under five and a half. I'd probably take the under unless there's a trade. You know, I would think I would take that. But you can bet on who is going to be the first three picks. If you're not buying the Mac Jones hype right now, maybe you guess it's going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. You can make a decent amount of money there right now, you know. So there's a ton of things that you can bet on as far as the draft goes. I mean, which receiver is going to get taken first? Which defensive player is going to get taken first right now? The money's on Patrick Sertan the second. So many good draft bets, guys. The only place I trust to bet with, and that's betonline.ag. And don't forget, because you guys listen to the show, we can even give you guys some free money to bet with when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, for free money with your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, we have a lot more to get into from this Brandon Staley press conference, and it's always just a joy to hear him talk. I mean, I know I've seen people say everyone gets excited from press conferences. That can't be further from the truth, and you can take that from a couple of guys that have to listen to every single press conference, right, from all the coaches and all the players. There's something different about Brandon Staley and the way he talks about things, and one of the things he got really, really into was the cornerback position for the Chargers, and specifically what he wants to see in a corner. And I thought it was interesting because one of the first things he brings up, David, is man-to-man coverage and why that is so important to have under him, right? And I think that we know what Brandon Staley is probably going to like to do defensively from what we've seen so far. But the other thing I really liked about what he had to say about corners that he likes is the ability to tackle, saying that if your corners can't tackle, you can't play defense, right? And I think that was something... I love to hear and maybe, you know, knocks a couple of those guys who can't tackle off their board come draft time. But he really, I mean, I'm only scratching the surface of what he got into as far as what he wants to see from cornerbacks. He also said that, you know, they come in all shapes and sizes. There's no just one prototypical size that works best. 
and they're looking at so many different things in their cornerback, but the main things being the ability to tackle and the ability to play man-to-man. Which is very different from the defense and the corners that we saw in Gus Bradley's defense the last couple of years. They always play off. They never really play man-to-man. That's It's very, you know, they did it from time to time, but it was very seldom, very few and far between. And so this is, you know, a complete direct change in philosophy with Brandon Staley wanting his corners not only know how to, but to excel in man-to-man coverage. And also, I just thought, the his explanation of the critical factors of the position kind of just explaining what he was looking for i thought it was extremely fascinating he did say yeah being able to play man to man was the first thing and he also you know said they're going to evaluate that from bump or from off and he also said that he wants to look at what their movement is like at the second level and also they have to be able to judge the ball as well uh, i mean just a lot of really great notes a lot of great insights into how they evaluate the position and what type of players that we should kind of expect them to target like you said daniel come draft time when he did say that some other things you know play a part of it size speed arm length all that stuff comes into play is what brandon staley said but he said that what they're looking for most are those critical factors how they judge the ball when it's in the air how they attack the ball at the third level or the deep part of the field and what they can do as far as staying in phase or out of phase with receivers i mean he was really locked in on what he likes from those corners and what exactly they're looking for And it makes you feel good about the fact that, hey, you know, if there's guys out there in this draft class and there are going to be potentially a couple of really good ones or one really good one available when they pick at 13, that's the type of guy that they're looking for, right? Because I think J.C. Horn probably fills all of those categories, right? I mean, some of the guys up there could really do all of those things and potentially maybe that's what they're looking for there. But tackles and corners or something he just kept repeating over and over again. But I think one of the biggest question marks we have going into this season is probably the safety position, right? And he said, as far as safeties go, he knows that there's only three on the roster. And from a number standpoint, that will be fixed by the time the season comes up. And he also just said that you can't have enough DBs in this league, the way it's a passing league now. And the more DBs you have, the better your special teams is going to be. Because usually those guys are having, you know, are playing a big role in the kicking game, as he put it. But Nazir Adderley, as far as being a starting safety for Brandon Staley, he was asked about what his role was going to be in Brandon Staley's defense. And what Staley had to say was that he's the perfect type of safety for them. So he obviously sees him being able to be a starting safety potentially, but he also said that he has some slot flex as well, maybe kicking on the inside and playing that nickel role. He also said he could be the star or money guy, basically, which if you guys aren't familiar with his terminology, The dime roll, which you usually hear for a sub package, that's money. And star is going to be when you're in a nickel. So those are the two big positions that he talks about a lot. And the other one is edge. And we'll talk about that too because everyone's an edge player. Kyler Fackrell is an edge player. Joey Bosa, Chenna Nubosu, all those guys. But it did seem like, David, they are sold on, you know, Nazir Adderley's ability to be the starting safety. Yeah, they said that he has a lot of traits that they like. He said that they like the way he sees the deep part of the field and the way he maneuvers and his ball skills and that fact. And I think we saw that too. I mean, that's one of the first things that jumped out to us when we evaluated Nazir Adderley was his ability in that feel and just how natural he was as that deep safety type of position. So he also acknowledged that his first year in professional football basically was last year because of the injury that he dealt with his first season. So he only really has one full year in the NFL. And this is another guy that he said that he was excited to get to work with. 
and uh, you know that the fact that he is going to be one of their main guys that they're going to rely on, they're going to lean on this next season. I mean, he did say he had some versatility, could play those different positions, but I think this crosses off the potential that some people out there saw of a switch to corner, Daniel. It doesn't seem like that is in the plans. It does seem like Brandon Staley sees Nas as a safety. Well, let's even play it out, right? I mean, even if he was to go to the slot, which couldn't make sense. I mean, you could kick Chris Harris Jr. outside at that point. Who are your safeties in that scenario right now? Derwin James and Alohi Gilman? Probably not. So Definitely not. I, I just think that thinking he was going to be an outside corner, even though I'd be very interested to see what it looks like, was probably not going to happen. But, you know, his ability to be that specialized player and play that special role in the sub packages is something that I think lends, you know, to his versatility as a guy who's played corner and played safety. And I also think going to the split look and having two safeties back there is going to help him enormously while he will still have a lot of pressure put on his plate to go perform because the safeties in Brandon Staley's defense are going to be asked to do a lot of different things. But Rounding out the cornerbacks that he talked about, he did talk about Michael Davis and, you know, said that he loved his story, loved his nickname Vato, and loved a lot of things about him, especially the fact, you know, that he has the height, length, speed that you're looking for. He said that he can keep up with all those cheetah guys you guys are writing about, talking to the media members. I thought that he spoke very highly of Michael Davis, and you can tell that, you know, he's very excited to have Michael Davis, and he also talked about the fact that he got him at a good value, which I think is also true. But the other guy he talked about at that position was Ryan Smith, who we you know have kind of talked about basically just primarily as a special teams guy, and that's what he talked about too, just saying that he thinks he's one of the best special teams players out there, but also that he has been a starting cornerback in this league. He has safety versatility as well as being that special teams player that's you know outstanding. But I do think, David, even with this, like, if he didn't say anything to make you believe that, like, he's going to be the starting corner or anything like that, like, maybe in a pinch he gets out in the field defensively. But even in the way he was talking about it, bringing up corner and safety, you still have to think that his major role is going to be the star special teams player of the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, he alluded to that as much when he said that Darius Swinton, the special teams coordinator, basically identified Ryan Smith as a guy that he targeted, that he wanted to bring in to his special teams group. And so that was heard from Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco made that happen. So, I mean, you can already see the impact. You know, you can already see uh, Darius Swinton uh, very quickly getting to work, trying to evaluate and overhaul that special teams unit that, you know, was grossly ineffective the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, I think that's a direct reflection of Ryan Smith. I think, uh, I mean, it's kind of just due process for Brandon Staley to uh, mention that he's able to go out there and play corner. But I think we knew all along that his his role and the way he's going to impact this team the most is being that special teams ace, that Kasim Osgood, that just spe- special teams demon that the Chargers really haven't had since, uh, what, Nick DeZubner? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a bit of a stretch, too. Yeah, probably Daryl Stuckey, I would say, is the last guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Daryl Stuckey, Kazim Osgood, they've had guys that have played in that role, and Daryl Stuckey was technically a safety. Kazim Osgood was technically a wide receiver, right? But those guys, if they're getting onto the field defensively or offensively, probably didn't mean that it was going very good for the guys that were you know, ahead of them. But Ryan Smith is going to be mainly a special teams player as we see it right now, and I don't think affects at all how they feel about needing to add to the secondary and needing to add to the cornerback room specifically because, I mean, 
you can't even express how many times this guy brought up how important it was to have good corners in the league right now. But we do have one more segment to get into. So we're going to talk about some crazy preparation stories that Brandon Staley brought up about him and Jalen Ramsey. We'll also be talking about just some of the miscellaneous things that we haven't got to get into to this point. And there's a lot more good stuff coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world. And you know I'm talking about Built Bars. For me, it's all about taste, guys. And you're not going to find a better tasting protein bar out there than Built Bars. I mean, there's so many different flavors to choose from. For me, I mean, I think you have to start with the champion of the Built Bar bracket, and that is the coconut brownie chunk, the one that has been sweeping the nation. I've even gotten a hint from a listener, maybe heated up for 15 seconds. Now it's like a dessert. And that's the other great thing about this is you can have something that's healthy, high in protein, low sugar, high fiber, low calorie, while also having a delicious treat. And they're also great for the keto diet too. I mean, whatever you're trying to get done with your diet, you can do it with Built Bars. And right now we can even save you guys some money because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your next order. doesn't have to be your first order, just your next order with that promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Before we get into the rest of Brandon Staley's press conference, and there's a lot more good stuff that we haven't even been able to get into, I also want to just tell you guys that it's April and the Lockdown NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode April 19th through the 26th. Make sure to tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey, the Locked On, and the Locked On Podcast Network. And that is something that we've also, you know, taken part in as well. The mock draft is done. We know who we've selected with the Chargers, and we were pretty happy about it. But let's get back to Brandon Staley, and I want to start here with a good story he was telling about while talking about Derwin James. He was talking about just, you know, the preparation and all of those things, and he started talking about what he did with Jalen Ramsey. And I think this was pretty impressive. And basically what he said is, With Jalen Ramsey, we gave him a 90-play cut-up, even going back to his Florida State days of things he did well, things he needed to improve on, and also his role and what that was going to be. I wanted him to know his role, and I wanted him to know that we were working, right? And I think that is something that is pretty important. And he also said, when you invest in the players, you will get some of that investment back. And I just thought that was incredibly impressive. That's not something you see a lot of coaches doing. That's going over and above and just, you know, Not even just that, but the fact that by him going through those 90 plays, he knew Jalen Ramsey better. So they're going to do something like that with Derwin James and David, that he expects that from the rest of his coaches to be doing things like that with their players as well. And for an organization and a team that doesn't have a real good track record of being able to develop their players and keep their players. Or attention to detail. (laughs) Right. Especially their draftees where they have not really kept very many of them over the last couple of years. I love it. I just absolutely love the fact that their coach, the coaches and himself are showing like, hey, we're going to put the work in. We care about you. And like the players can see that they can sense that they can acknowledge that and they respect their coaches right away. And the, the, this just goes to show that these coaches are are 
destined, they're determined to develop these guys and make them better players. Brandon Staley said this was a developmental league, and he has coaches and a philosophy that backs that up, backs up that statement, and I just love it. I, I mean, I like. I just want to see in a couple of years what some of these players they bring in look like in a couple of seasons after these coaches get their hands on them and really help them get better in their careers. And one of the players that I think we're hoping for the most development for is not just Nazir Adderley, but also Jerry Tillery, right? You know, the first and second round draft picks from the 2019 draft class. And that is someone he was asked about specifically just because Tillery played on the outside last year. He played on the inside some, you know, his entire career, but he was drafted to be an interior player. And when asked about what role he would play in Brandon Staley's defense, Brandon Staley clearly, David, said that Jerry Tillery was going to be an inside player. That's how they view him as being not an edge guy, even though, you know, he said against, you know, big running teams and stuff, you need more physicality, you can put him there. But they like the way he matches up with guards with his length, and they like his pass rush ability on the interior. Yeah, I mean, I love the comments that he had about Jerry Tillery. He said this was a guy that he was really excited to work with, a guy that he says that he has the chance to be a complete player, which I think that's very, very high praise coming from Brandon Staley. I mean, we haven't really seen that at all from Jerry Tillery. I was going to say, and coming from what we've seen on the field. Yeah, I mean, just bits and pieces. I think we've seen, you know, I think early last year, a couple of instances where we saw that, like, oh, okay. I mean, maybe Jerry Tillery can be something, but it was just spurts. It was too it was just too little and too far in between. There was no consistency there. So I'm hoping that when Brandon Staley gets to work with Jerry Tillery, that he will bring that consistency and he will able to and he will be able to unlock that ability that he has because he has great size, he has great speed, he has shown some pass rush ability. I think he still needs to get the technique down a little bit better against the run, but there is definitely tools to work with with Jerry Tillery. So it's you can tell that he that Brandon Staley. He's very excited to work with Jerry Tillery. Hopefully this is just Brandon Staley saying, hey, I see potential in Jerry Tillery, and I'm going to help bring him along in his career. Yeah, we know he has the potential. I mean, it was a draft pick that I was decently high on as just a guy that, you know, at least in college showed that he could play against the run. He had a lot of ability against the pass, especially at his size. And, you know, he talked about just that's why they like him in there because he has that size. He has that length that guards aren't used to. And he has a great interior pass rush ability. I mean, I'm not going to agree that it was great in 2020. And I also would probably disagree with the part where he said, you know, against the run, he's very gritty and rugged. That's not my definition of Jerry Tillery, or at least of what we have seen. But he does have flashes of those things. So I think it is nice to kind of get some clarity on how they see him. We all know Jerry Tillery is not an outside linebacker, right? Or an edge player, because... It has to be edge player. He actually seemed kind of upset when he was talking about, you know, Kyle, is Kyler Fackrell more of like the Uchenny Uwosu or the Joey Bosa? He's like, they're all just edge players. He's like, hey, guys, we're going to call it edge players, and that's just how it's going to be from now on. Yep. And he was he was a little annoyed about it, and it was something that he wanted to make very clear. So I think that was one of the things that stood out in this press conference, too, is the terminology. He has certain ways he wants to say things. Like he, how he wants to express and how everyone's going to express themselves in whatever form or fashion in the NFL. It's just he has a particular way he wants to communicate, and that's how it's going to be. It's like his way or the highway. Yeah, and I think it's all just about simplicity for him, right? Making things easier for players to understand because 
when you have a dime backer out there now that's like a money backer that's different than what you'd be in a base package right or the star or whatever the case may be and that way they know okay this is a sub package right it's a different world as he put it but he did get into a ton of different things but yeah i like how excited he is about jerry tillery hopefully he can help him reach his full potential which with that physical profile could be pretty in- pretty insane honestly just because he has all of that phys- all of the physical tools definitely but he touched on a lot of different things too that we're not going to get into today he talked about how there's two different types of tight ends basically receiving tight ends and blocking tight ends and they don't currently have any blocking tight ends on the roster right now he also talked about what joe lombardi is going to do especially offensively based on you know what he knows he likes to see least defensively because he say basically you know if you're running 11 personnel for the entire game that makes it easier for me as a defensive coordinator when you're sending a lot of different personnel packages out there that makes it more difficult now i'm flipping through the pages now i'm trying to get the right guys on the field for certain packages so i think that was interesting as well as what he thinks about the receiving core david just because first it was brought up to him by matt money smith as you know someone told him once it's kind of like a basketball team you need a guy who's going to post up you need a guy who's going to like spread the floor things like that and he said that for the chargers wide receivers and wide receivers in general you need different kind of guys you need guys who are going to be effective and you know tier one and two or zone one and two basically the short and intermediate routes and you also need somebody who's going to be able to be effective in the deep part of the field so he said he liked what he's seen from mike williams as far as what he can do in the middle of the field as well they have burners you know guys who can really roll as he put it real four three speed guys in jalen guyton and t billy and you also have you know other guys who will work off that underneath like Keenan Allen and even Austin Eckler and Jared Cook potentially in this situation that will all feed off those other guys stretching the field. But he did say he felt like they had a very complete wide receiver room. I mean, I would agree with that assessment. I mean, just looking at it from the surface level, I mean, you have a guy who is a just phenomenal technician and can just get open and has incredible hands and Keenan Allen, uh, you know, a couple of speed guys with T Billy and, and Jalen Guyton, Mike Williams, who, you know, is the jump ball guy, that big play type of receiver. I mean, they have pretty much every flavor of receiver is what Brandon Staley called it as well. But I mean, I think, you know, this is one of the strengths of the team. I mean, their, their versatility and the, all the different ways that they, they can play out there and how they can t- attack defenses is really special. And I also wanted to, to say that I love the fact that he's going to be mixing in different position groupings and, and player groupings out there to bring as much stress or conflict to the defense as much as possible. So, I mean, a couple of great comments and just a, an overwhelmingly phenomenal press conference. I just think that you see more and more through these press conferences that Brandon Staley has why the Chargers organization loved him so much. Yeah, and you get to see more and more as you know a guy who comes off pretty candid of what he wants this team to be, you know, where he sees the kind of bare, you know, less depth parts of the team as far as offensive tackle, even safety, even cornerback a little bit. And you just get a real idea of what he wants this team to look like when things are all said and done, even how he's going to develop players to come in later on and knowing the importance of all of those things and knowing that he thinks he has the right coaches in place to do all of those things, not just for this year, But, you know, for some guys, as he said, it's not going to be year one, right? It's going to be maybe year three or year four where they start being able to play and get to the level where you kind of saw them getting to. So, so many interesting things from Brandon Staley. Also was super personal just as far as when talking about players and their stories and their families and things like that. So it seems like that 
as far as getting those interpersonal relationships is still holding up because it's easy to talk about, not as easy to do. But that is going to do it for today's show. A lot of brain and daily today, but it was a joy to listen to. And even though it was an hour, I would highly suggest it. But the good news is we'll be back on Monday. And on Monday, we have a special request from you guys because we're going to be doing a fan mock draft Monday. We want you guys to send us in three-round mock drafts. So four players, the four picks for the Chargers in the top 100 picks of the 2021 NFL draft. That way we can get to more of them. So if you guys want to send us your mock drafts from whatever website, send us the first three rounds of your mocks and we'll try to get into them on Mock Draft Monday. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page, which you can find at LockedOnChargers. If you don't already, make sure you go give us a follow wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. And if you guys want to give us your thoughts on free agency or the draft or whatever, you can get your voice on the show and the voicemail line, which is 323-524-7924. We try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys on Mock Draft Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.